This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. When we're faced with a crisis, one without a previous frame of reference, it's hard to believe that what is happening is real. We may be faced with confusion, uncertainty, and for some, resistance. Trust is essential at these times. We must believe that what we're being told will keep us safe. This is the case with COVID-19 and masks. And based on the number of questions I received from our episode last week, it's clear you want to believe. And that's why I'm happy to be joined again by M. Tahir Saif to increase your confidence and trust in the saving power of a mask. I'm Jason the Germ Guy Tetro, and this is the Super Awesome Science Show SAS class on masks. I was expecting a few questions from our discussion on masks last week. After all, they went from being in hospitals to our homes in a matter of months. The messaging that came with this transition, well, it hasn't been entirely consistent. What I didn't expect was the positive nature of the questions. It's obvious that masks are gaining traction in the community, and people are becoming more used to having them in their daily lives. You are definitely not fearing change. And that's awesome. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's show with M. Tahir Sahif, you may want to do that before we get into the questions here. After all, you're not going to hear about how masks work at the atomic level anywhere else. And let me tell you, it's fascinating what happens. It also underscores why masks work and can truly help us to get past this and any future respiratory epidemic and pandemic. Class is now in session. Here's your first question. Is a mask only helping to protect others, as we've heard so many times? Or are you actually getting some benefit by putting on a mask? It is both. So if someone is infected, he or she is protecting others by blocking a large part of the droplets that individuals would have released to the air good part, a significant amount of them being blocked. Of course, depending on how the mask is worn, uh, is, the, is the mask is below the mouth, then it doesn't help. Um, it has to be above the nose uh, and you know, cover the whole, whole face. Uh, so you block as much of the air uh, from leaving through the space between the mask and the mouth or the face. If it's done properly, then you block a huge proportion, maybe 90%, maybe more, depending on the cloth, depending on how you're using it. So you're blocking at the source. And if you're healthy, if you're using the mask, a droplet coming towards you would be blocked by the mask. So either way, you are blocking, you are saving others and you're saving yourself. I think your study helps to prove that because again, if you have those two layers, it doesn't matter if the droplets are coming from inside your lungs or outside your body at you. They're going to get slowed down and essentially trapped. That's right. That's right. Yes, yes. It's a very simple weapon 
that we can all engage, we can all deploy. It's almost democratization of the war against COVID. We all have a T-shirt. We all have a shirt. And we can always engage them to fight against it. We don't have to rely on a company making masks and mailing it to me, and I keep buying them every day and disposing to the environment. We, are, we can be as good as those masks if we, if we do it right. One piece of advice we've heard for a while now is to have multiple masks. I've talked with some people who have said that it's like having underwear. You should always have one for every single day of the week. How long does a face mask last during each wearing before it starts to lose that effectiveness? That's the reason for using a very old T-shirt and to ask, you know, how good would that be? And it turned out that having washed many, many times doesn't seem to change the efficiency or the breathability that much. Uh, So if you use a mask and, you know, like the one I use, if I am on a hot, humid weather, like sometimes at Illinois, um, I really cannot wear it for a you know, whole day. I have to change the mask just because it becomes unhygienic, becomes sweaty and so on. But if I'm in the air-conditioned room um, and it's kind of dry, um, I can wear it for a longer time. So I would, I would suggest having two masks a day if you're going out quite a bit um, and just refreshing to have two of them. And that leads me to the question with respect to non-woven material masks, like those N95s and medical surgical masks. We do know that there is a time limit on them, 90 minutes to four hours at the longest. Whereas with a cotton or homemade mask, it does seem to be at your own discretion. Is there a time limit on a household mask? Yes, yes. So it also depends on, as I said, the usage, the type of cloth, you know, what you feel comfortable with. I mean, the study that would could that would be necessary to do would be to use you know a large number of individuals and different types of cloths, uh, let them wear at different times times, and then really scientifically quantify you know how efficient it is. Uh, that has not happened yet. Uh, I mean, I put that would that kind of study takes you know a year or two uh, by making having hundreds of cases. Uh, at the moment, I think because it's such a dire scenario and people are not uh, because it's hot summer or you know, post summer it's it's warm, people are less willing to use masks. It's less comfortable. I think uh, what I understand from these three to four months of intensive work is that cloth masks are pretty good um, if you use uh, a cloth mask that has been that a cloth that is old is as good as the new one. If you feel having two or three of them a day and wash them at night and then they're ready to go the next day, so be it. They will protect others. They will protect you. No question about it. Here's the question that was pretty popular. How do you wash a mask? Yeah, so I just use hot and so- hot and soap water. So I put soap, uh, just like I wash uh, a, 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 a plate with grease on it. And essentially that's all you're doing with soap water, warm water. You, um, you rinse it a little bit and um, just like any other cloth. I mean, you can put it in the dishwasher, in, in the, in the um, washing machine as well. The infection prevention side of me also needs to add that you really shouldn't wash them in the sink unless you've washed that basin. After all, it really is one of the germiest places in the house. 
Now, let's move to disposable non-woven masks. Some people are reusing them after washing them the same way that we do with the cloth mask. Is that okay, or should you really be disposing of those particular masks simply because that's the way they're designed? Yeah, that's the way they're designed. I don't know when you wash them and you, you know, scrub them, what would happen to those pores and what would happen to the material. That has to be seriously looked at by by microscopy, you know, by electron microscopy and so on. So I would suggest not to wash and use, wash and use. If you do, there are some studies, very carefully done, where uh, medical masks or respirators are being decontaminated uh, by very specific procedures. And I think uh, CDC, NIH, and FDA have approved those procedures, but they're not just Putting, dumping them in a, in a bowl of water and soap. Uh, they're much more detailed than that. So I would not suggest reusing masks unless a protocol is followed that is approved by FDA. Speaking of approval, we've seen advertisements for masks containing these antimicrobial chemicals, silver, copper, zinc. Are they for real? Are they really going to help me improve my safety? Or are they just simply more gimmicks for us to be able to spend our money on masks? (laughs) Good good question. I personally did not study this, how effective it is, uh, for two reasons. You know, whatever additional things are done against a particular disease like COVID, SARS-2, or coronavirus, um, one has to go to a very detailed study that, you know, somebody who's infected using a mask that has these extra things, extra fancy things, and really what percentage of the virus particles can still go through. Um, that I don't think I have seen, I mean, my study may be limited, but I don't think I have seen the effectiveness of these additional things on the masks against COVID virus. So at this point, if you happen to see this as being an additional reason for buying a mask, you might want to just consider your T-shirt. Yes, of course. That's all we studied and quantified. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but there does seem to be a rise in designer masks. I mean, it was done by Alexander McQueen back in 2010, but now it seems every designer is coming up with their own version of a mask. Now, in my opinion, that's a really great idea. But for you, having done these studies, is there something that we should be looking out for so that we're not only trendy, but also safe? Yeah, actually, I'm. I, so many companies talk to me about, because they are designers and making masks with all kinds of cool design. I think it's a great thing that is happening now. Because on one hand, as long as people know that all they need is a two-layer of you know, a good fabric, if that's the choice of the material for the mask, uh, then all they need to care is how do I design a mask that provides as much sealing between the face and the mask, uh, and then make it as fancy as you want, make it colorful, make it, you know, so that people wear masks as part of their, of their uh, fashion. Why not, right? I mean, I, I think the typical surgical masks are not something so much you would say, oh, that's great. But I have seen masks that are, you know, color matched with the rest of the fabric, like the shirt or, you know, the um, the dresses people wear. I think that's great. People are thinking about 
making a little bit of fun out of it now. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, there is a question here that I do need to ask, and it has to do with face shields. Do you believe that they are as effective as masks? And if not, what would be required of them to make sure that they're safe? Yeah, you see, I have seen people using face shield without the mask, and I think that's dangerous. Face shield by themselves have huge opening. It's, it's, a, it's a defense that you put something in, in front of your face and, uh, and eyes, and if something hits you directly, yes, it protects you. But there's a big space between the shield and the, and the mouth and the nose, and uh, through that space, those droplets which are hanging in the air would go through. So I would say mask first, and then if you want to put face shield, even better, uh, but not at the expense of mask and the shield. Yes, with the shield, you can breathe much easily because you know it's, it's inviting problems for you, but not without the mask. Go ahead and use shield, gives you more protection, but have the mask also. Now, there were a few comments that I got that essentially said that you seem to have a passion for this research. And I wonder if it goes beyond the science. Now, everyone I've talked to seems to have a personal story about COVID-19 these days. And I'm wondering, to finish off this question and answer period, if you would like to share yours. Yeah, yeah. So it goes back uh, late February, mid-March, when we were told that mass doesn't help. And as an engineer, I felt it doesn't make sense. And when I begin to see so many miserable reports coming out from New York mid-March, I thought, I just cannot let it go unless I understand that mask is of no use. And that's when we talked to CDC. They said, we don't have that much of a study about the droplets. And when I started to do the study, then I beginning to see, I come from Bangladesh and I was very, very worried that it's highly populated country where I have my elderly relatives and friends. And I was so worried that I thought that maybe next time I go home, I would see many of them are gone uh, just because of the rapid spread of the disease. And so altogether, I thought, you know, I, I'll, have a, I'll have my students together and we were working sometimes 12 to 15 hours a day, very, very hard working times to see that is there a protection by home cloths? Because I was hoping that whatever we understand would help not only uh, in the U.S., but rest of the world. In the U.S., probably we would, we would have some better protection, but the rest of the world may have no other option but whatever they have at home, particularly in my country where I came from. So that was my main reason that can we come up with a solution that may help? If I would find the cloth mask doesn't help, that would be too bad. But luckily, it, it helped. But by the time we could really finish the science, and as you know, the science doesn't go overnight. It takes very hard work and very careful work. So it took us a few months. And of course, by the time we were done, people were picking up the mask as because we gave the first results to CDC I think early, early April or so, but we couldn't publish it because we had to have many more tests to be done. But while we were doing it, you know, I began to see more and more of my friends and relatives being infected, affected back in Bangladesh and some here. And the day before yesterday was my, my very dear uncle passed away, uh, being infected by COVID about 10 days ago. 
Um, so this, this is a huge loss for myself as well. Um, so, you know, it is, it is, it's a story for all of us now uh, that we know someone or some of our family members, uh, either they're infected or they know someone who is being infected. And, and that's one of the sources for why we thought that this is something worthwhile. And, you know, we didn't have any, any particular funding source and uh, the students, my students, they decided to do the work even though they don't get reimbursed for all the cloths they were buying or everything that we were buying, because we thought that this is the time to do something for the humanity, even if we cannot publish this. Uh, and it turned out that when we first uploaded our manuscript without peer review, um, I was getting calls from all over the world, from grandmas to nurses from the hospitals, uh, that you know they felt that this is probably a way that would save them, at least for the time being. And in that process, I have learned many stories from them. Um, elderly woman talking about when, his, when her husband passed away and there was a t-shirt lying around. Um, so it's a, it had been a journey that almost transformed me, both to the losses that I had incurred, as well as hoping that some more lives had been saved. And there you have it. I want to thank everyone who asked a question for M. Tahir Sahif. I hope you heard what you needed to stay informed and take actions to stay safe. If you didn't hear your question, make sure to let me know by tweeting me at JATetro or sending me an email at thegermguy at gmail.com. And if you want to leave a voice message, just head over to speakpipe.com slash sass, that's S-A-S-S, and leave me a voice message. All you need to do is head to the site, turn on your microphone, and let me know what's on your mind. It could be a question, a show idea, or just to say hello. And you too can be part of a future SaaS class. Next week, we're going to be talking about one of the problems associated with change and pandemics. Panic. I'm sure you're going to have questions, so please send them in now. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review us. It really is helping to spread the word and getting more people to find the podcast. We're part of the Curious Cast family and are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you get your streaming audio. You can also listen at CuriousCast.ca. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information about what you heard today and links to M. Tahir Sahif. The award-winning Super Awesome Science Show is written and hosted by me, Jason Tetro. Dila Velasquez is our story producer. And sound design and final production is by Rob Johnston. Have a great week. Stay safe. And as always, make sure to show him some sass.